Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. We are joined by Isaac Storm, manager of the Bellevue Braves, and he is going to give us a rundown of the Bellevue Tournament and also a quick season preview to get everybody ready and excited for the championship game. Welcome, Isaac, to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, reaching out to me and uh, responding to my messages. Uh, People were wanting to get an update on the tournament and hear a lot about your guys' team because it's been mentioned in almost every single person's episode about who are the teams that are the top teams in the league. Give us an update on the Bellevue tournament. When are the championship games? When's the Constellation game? Who's playing in it and what were their roads to get there? Yeah, so the, this Friday night, uh, we have the Constellation at 6 o'clock. We have Piasta um, and versus Epworth in the Constellation. And in the championship, we have Zwingle versus Farley. Um, you know, Zwingle defeated uh, Placid 3-2 to two in the first round, then defeated uh, us, the home team, 3 to nothing in the second round. Then they had a, a very good... Eight to four win over Epworth to make it to the championship. Uh, Farley had had a very tough road to get there. Um, I believe in the first round. Let's see here. They beat they beat Dyersville eight to nothing in the first round. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. And then they had uh, and then they had. I believe it was Cascade then. Correct. Yep, Cascade in the second round. And then they just beat Piasta, a very good Piasta team, a surprising Piasta team, um, to make it to the championship. And that, that was a good game. It ended up being uh, four to three at the end. But that man, Piasta they, lineup, know, those... that Piasta lineup is loaded. I mean, I'm looking at that lineup, and you got uh, guys that I coached against in the MVC. I believe uh, there's a guy from Louisville who was a star at Cedar Rapids, Washington. And then they have Bennett and they have Link. Um, When I looked at the tournament bracket and the rosters, I thought that they would win the entire tournament just by looking at their lineup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and last night we we had a very, very good crowd just because they wanted to see all these players that were in this. You know, last night's, uh, that second game, it was just loaded with college baseball talent and potential, uh, potentially past college baseball talent. Um, you know, you when you look at Farley, they're always good, and man, they just bring out good young players out of Dubuque County. And then Piasta just had a loaded lineup, like you said. It was it was a good game to watch. 
Zwingle is the surprise team. I, they, uh, by the Bernard Indians Twitter feed, they were not given very good odds to win the league. And um, when I interviewed their manager, uh, manager Althoff, there were a lot of guys that I recognized that I played with or against, and they're probably in their 40s. Now, I was not expecting them to be in the championship game, but hats off to them. Yeah, they've been battling with uh, with every team that they've been playing, and BJ's built a great team over there in Zwingle. And you know, when you're when your pitching's on, you get a few runs. That's how you get past, how you get from round to round. So, it's, um, hats off to Zwingle. Now, you looking at it and, and watching it as a fan, who are some of the hitters and pitchers that have got off to a great start so far this season? Uh, well, you know, the, the kid from Louisville obviously has, um, has been striking the ball very well. He about put one in the pool the other day at Bellevue, which is a shot. It's Leonard, um, right? Is it Trey Leonard? Is that his name? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, David Fitzgerald from Epworth has been hitting the ball well. Um, he, you get him on the base pass and he can create havoc. He, he is just, he is just a player. Um, you know, other than that, that has kind of been spread throughout the league. Farley just – they have hitters up and down that lineup. Um, they're a very dangerous, um, very dangerous lineup. And, and you have individual hitters, I would say, on each team that kind of, you know, they're the guy that you don't want them to beat you. You know, you always don't want the other team's best player to beat you. So Now, you might be a little biased toward this, but um... – what has been your favorite memory of all time from the Bellevue tournament? It can involve you, it can involve the team, or any other team. What what memory stands out to you? Um, I think the one that stands out most recent would probably be uh, the most recent time when we when we won our tournament. Um, although you know it's fun to win your own tournament, but it, in Bellevue it's extremely fun. We have a very you know, close knit following that comes to our home games. You know, they're always there, and to hear them cheer after you win your own tournament is—I mean, it's—it's it's awesome. It, it's there's no greater feeling than hearing your small town fans uh, cheering for you. And you know, um, we put in that we put in the stadium seating a few years ago, and that that just created a whole different atmosphere for our ballpark. And playing on that field and seeing a big crowd is it, just—it's a it's a great thing. It's a great memory for me. I would like to give uh, you guys, as well as the TH, to the tip of the cap for the great work that gone in that went into putting on this tournament. Um, well, results we'll we'll find out in a couple weeks if it if it was done safely. But I saw in the news there were record uh, fans for attendance, and I even saw one family that was so sick of watching games from the 80s that they said they traveled over two and a half hours from the Chicago area just to um, watch some live baseball. So that was that was exciting and that was and that was encouraging. And I don't want to take claim to this and, and I may be wrong, but it may have been the first baseball that has been played live in the country since this pandemic hit. Now, again, I'm not 100% sure on that. So big tip of the cap to you and Chet Kinate and the Bellevue community and all of the semi-pro 
communities for taking place in I would say historic event, but I'm I'm a baseball fan and um and I may be a little biased toward that. But let's talk about the Bellevue Braves. How long have you been a, a manager of the team? So this is my second year. Um I was a co manager with Shekinek last year and this year I'm a co manager with Chase Keeter, one of our pitchers. Props to you guys for putting on a great event. Uh, tell us about your roster. Take us around the horn. Who are some of the guys that we'll see when we go uh, see a Bellevue Braves game? Yeah, we, we have a, a lot of veterans returning, pretty much our whole lineup. Um, you know, on the mound, we got Chase Keeter and Doug Van Dyke. Um, those are our two main starters, and they've been uh, extremely, extremely good in the league as of late. Um, we added a relief pitcher in Reed Stumpf this year. Um, and he's been putting on some good innings for us. Um, Luke catcher or Luke Carroll is our catcher, and then ar- around the infield, we, we're kind of a bunch of versatile players. We move move around on quite a bit. But the infield, you know, you check Nake at third base. We got Corbin Plussel at short, um, and then second baseman. We got a we got a bunch of guys that kind of fill that role. You know. Um, Jared Coos has been playing there as of late. We have a, a high school kid, Andrew Schwartz. Um, we got a new kid out of Makokita, Caden Scott, that will play second base for us a little bit. Um, and then we got Jake Schaefer at first base. Um, and then we, we got a bunch of outfielders as well. Um, I play center most of the time, but you, you know, you can see anyone from Jamie Kramer to Cole Ray to Jake Formella, uh, Jordan Reese. He's been with us a long time, but he's, He's mainly our DH right now. He'll play some, um, you know, occasional first base, occasional outfield here. We also have Jake Schrader, who's going to be joining us again this summer. He's a middle infield guy. You know, he plays short and second. You know, we just kind of we kind of have a bunch of uh, a bunch of players that are ready to play, willing to play. And um, you know, the first two games we've had about 13, 14 guys on the roster, and um, that's a great great issue to have is to have too many guys and I think we're um the group of guys that we have are going to stick it out all summer you know we're hoping it's a good summer and we're going to be playing a lot uh, of good competition you know the league is the best I've seen it in my eight years playing so um it's just going to be a fun summer to see some good baseball. You are right. The league is loaded with talent. I've, I've been following it on, on Twitter, and I've been seeing some of these lineups that have been posted, and holy cow, um, Division One talent across the board. Uh, you mentioned uh, Van Dyke, who I believe was the all-time strikeouts leader for the University of Dubuque. Um, and then you have Reed Stump, who was an outstanding prep at Hempstead. But just the amount of talent in the league, and I think you might see the influx of talent coming in as these collegiate leagues have been canceled. I know um, a friend of mine, uh, Tyler Soigling, had said he was talking to Connor Grant, and Connor Grant was sharing with him that there are players from all over the country that are reaching out to semi-pro managers in our area wanting to come in and get some innings and come in and get some at-bats. So it's a very exciting time. The league was always very good, and it's great to see it taking that next step. Now, last year, you guys were up there with Farley. Your overall record was 30-8. and The Bernard Indians gave you a 3-1 to odds to win the Prairie League. 
as the co-manager, what are your expectations for this upcoming season? And what are the expectations that, that are floating around with the team? How do they expect to do this year? Yeah, I think the expectations are high. Uh, we've had, we had a good year last year. We won four tournaments and, um, you know, when you get to that 30 win mark, um, it, that's a special feeling that one, I think one of my first years we got up to 34 or 35 wins. And, you know, when, you know, you had a great summer when you, when you win that many ball games. And I think we're looking to have that same summer um, that we had last year. And it's going to be, you know, it depends on, it always depends, always depends on pitching. Um, we're going to have to hit the ball, but you know, it, when we go against these, uh, these teams and these tournament brackets, it's, it's anyone's ball game and we're looking to, you know, make it deep in these tournaments. Like we, like we have been in recent years. Um, we always go out and we have that mentality that we can beat anyone, but we also know that anyone can beat us. So it, it you got to stay competitive. You got to stay driven and, you know, compete all summer long. It's, it's a long summer, but it, it's always fun. That's a good mentality to have. It, it, you never overlook anybody when you have that mentality. And, you know, when I look at your tournament bracket and I see Zwingle in the championship game, that just shows that you cannot take anybody for granted. Because if people were doing a March Madness bracket of the Bellevue tournament, I don't think many would have had Zwingle in the championship game there. Now, who are some of your biggest rivals and I'm not necessarily talking about bad blood like Ohio State and Michigan but who are some of the teams that really look forward to playing you and you guys look forward to playing and it just seems like you always end up playing each other yeah I think it depends what summer but you know if you look at the past years what summer it's been you know some years we always see Farley in a tournament like we play them about 10 times a summer, but, you know, we've had um, those summers where we see Cascade and Key West, um, you know, we, we see them quite a bit in those tournaments. And um, I would say we we also play Bernard and Epworth quite a bit. Um, th- those teams are fun to play against. You know, they they always keep it light and, um, you know, they're, they're built on guys from Epworth and from Bernard. And it's just fun to play those teams, you know. Now, we know that the Bellevue tournament is is coming to an end. If you had to pick another tournament in the area that is your favorite to play in, what would you say that tournament would be? The each tournament has its own, you know, unique style and unique feel. Um, personally, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Dyersville tournament. I've always liked the Dyersville tournament. Um, the way it's ran, the atmosphere, um, you know, you got the stadium seating around the field. Uh, I just, I've always liked that tournament. Um, but you know, then you get like the, uh, the smaller tournament, like a Zwingle Fest. We play in Zwingle Fest every year. It's a blast. We eat a ton of chicken. It, you know, I, I like those two the best probably, but yeah, people keep talking about the chicken and Zwingle. I'm going to have to go out there. I am a huge Huge fan of chicken. Now you don't have a you don't you don't have a tournament to plug, but you do have a championship game here coming up in your tournament. Uh, could you give us the time and the date on that one more time? Yeah, so 
Uh, the championship, the consolation championship games are tomorrow, June fifth. Um, consolation at six o'clock, championship at seven thirty, and that championship game is a nine inning ball game. So, so we're looking forward to, to a big crowd and to you know hosting the last game of our tournament. Ho- hopefully, we ran it well. So go on out to Bellevue, check out four great teams playing tomorrow and and um Epworth is primed for that fourth place finish that uh, their manager was talking about in in their episode. Now, give uh, your sponsors, give them some plugs. Uh tell us generally where we can find you on social media and when you guys are playing league games, uh what time those games are. Yeah, mo- most of our league games are at home um on fr- our home games are on Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, you can find that schedule on our Facebook page, uh, just the Bellevue Braves Facebook page. Um, we also have a, a Twitter page that we operate in. Most of the time I post um, I post the schedules on my Twitter, my personal Twitter page. Um, but, yeah, we, we like to thank, you know, the car wash um, has been help- in town, has been helping us out. Um the Bell- Bellevue State Bank with the scoreboards, and we we have several several uh, sponsors on the um, signs throughout our outfield fence. So I can't name them all, but um, you know, Bender's Foods has been great for us for the, during the tournament, and um, yeah, we it, it takes it takes a village to run a good tournament, and I think the city of Bellevue has you know the city council voted it through so we could start um, on May 29th, and we thank them, and we hope we did it. We hope we did it the right way. Now, Isaac, before we sign out of the podcast, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Prediction championship game. We got Farley versus Zwingle. Who do you think is going to win the game and and give us a prediction on the score? I'm going to say Farley 12 to 4. That's my prediction. Okay. I would say, you know, for, for Farley to win... I think they're going to want it to be a high-scoring game. If Zwingle's going to win, I think it's going to be three to two, uh, you know, three to two, four to three. But I'm I'm predicting a close game, you know, kind of a pitcher's duel. The championship games are always a pitcher's duel, um, but I, I'd have to pr- probably give Farley a slight edge here. Um, just their lineup is it's potent. They they one through nine, they have tough hitters, you know, and um, right now they're hot, you know, and they they just been hitting the ball well, so. So we have two predictions here for Farley. You can tell Isaac's a veteran of semi-pro. He predicted a pitcher's duel. You can tell I'm not. I'm predicting a one-sided slugfest. Isaac, anything that you would like to mention, maybe you would have forgotten, or something that you want to talk about before we sign out here on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast? Yeah, I'd just like to uh, thank the Telegraph Herald uh, quick for their for their articles. They, Jim up there has been writing great articles, great publicity for the town of Bellevue for our tournament for semi pro baseball in general. Um, like you said, you know when you have people coming from over two and a half hours away to watch games at our at our place, uh, you know our our guys play. Um, it's it's all about the, the what the media has been putting out there, and you know they they had great articles. KCRG had a good segment on the tournament. And we couldn't have done it without um, that good publicity. So I'd like to thank the TH for 
I'd like to thank uh, Isaac Storm of the Bellevue Braves for joining us here on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I would like to wish them the best of luck on this upcoming year. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.